Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, a Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys, presented by Boston Hemp, Inc., Friday, December the 8th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down the Friday NHL card. A light three-game NHL slate on tap. Uh, we'll talk about, of course, Pittsburgh, Florida, St. Louis, Columbus, and Minnesota, Edmonton, the three games taking place tonight uh, in NHL action. Uh, and uh, we got a busy weekend and a good weekend ahead. Uh, we've got, obviously, our Saturday-Sunday shows coming up. Um, and we're going to have our guy that joined us, uh, was it last Saturday or the Saturday before, but Zach Urban is going to be back with us uh, tomorrow. Uh, one more time joining us and did a great job. His first appearance, uh, will be on of course, Sunday, Monday, we've got former NHL goalie Carter Hutton joining us, making his ice guys debut at 2 PM on Monday. Looking forward to that. Yeah. And then Tuesday, double dose of the ice guys, our daily show and our December live betcast. Tuesday, December the 12th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Great card. Uh, this is going to be our one bet cast in December. Uh, obviously, holiday season, people traveling, people going home to spend Christmas with family and friends. So uh, it's one of those months where we're not going to have the multiple bet cast like normally we would. We'll get back to two, three bet casts in January and beyond. We'll do a, the main bet cast. We'll do a members only, Patreon members only bet cast uh, in January again. But just December with the holidays approaching. Uh, you know, just not enough opportunity and too much disruption in people's lives and people's schedule due to the holidays to do more than one. So next Tuesday will be the one and only live BetCast, free for all, open to the public, Tuesday, December the 12th, 7 p.m. Eastern. So uh, make sure you join us for that. We are looking forward to it. And as always, as you see on the screen, DM me or Alex or email me or Alex. We will send you the StreamYard link for that BetCast on Tuesday. So we got lots of fun stuff coming up, Alex, up for the show. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Like I said, got some really good guests lined up. And of course, uh, that cast, they've been fun so far. So I uh, wouldn't expect anything to change with that. So definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so looking forward to the next few days, a busy uh, you know, week ahead for the uh, Ice Guys show, no doubt. And it was a busy Thursday night in the NHL uh, last night as we recap uh, Thursday night where, you know what? You go into it. It's a big card. Lots of opportunities pop off at the off the page at you. And sometimes the results are phenomenal. Sometimes they're okay. And sometimes they're not what you wanted, not what you hoped for. I would say last night was a meh night. That's the best way to put it, uh, at least for me, as far as the NHL car. Win some, lose some uh, kind of night. Had a little bit of everything, really, in terms of the results that I personally had uh, with the Thursday NHL betting card. Uh, we will start in Boston, where the Buffalo Sabres, and I ended up jumping on Buffalo. Nothing significant, but I did take a small piece of the Sabres at plus 250 before puck drop. Just because the more I was looking into it, the Bruins were really, really battling this flu bug. Like It was about eight or ten different players that have been impacted by it. Less than 100% now. Not many people sat out because of it, but you could tell there was just very little energy uh, with the... Um, uh, team last night. Uh, what, when do you see the uh, Bruins outshot like they were last night, forty to uh, twenty-six? I mean, so you could tell that uh, save uh, that Bruins team just wasn't themselves. Clearly battling the uh, flu bug, the illness run, running through the dressing room right now. So 
But credit to Buffalo. They played well, but definitely took advantage of a uh, less than 100% health-wise Boston Bruins team, a 3-1 win for the uh, Sabres. Devin Levi was very good as well, which was a good sign for the Sabres. He made a couple of absolutely spectacular saves uh, to help preserve the lead for Buffalo in that game. So a 3-1 win for the uh, Sabres over the Bruins last night. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Kings as they set uh, the uh, single season, start of the season record for the most consecutive road victories to start a season with 11, breaking the previous uh, record by the Buffalo Sabres of 2005-2006 and we kind of hinted at that on the show yesterday. I didn't really want to step in front of the Kings in this spot. They knew that the record was on the line, and they played like it, four to nothing. And what a night and what a run it continues to be for Quinton Byfield. The kid has arrived, folks. It's like that uh, Lover Boy song. The kid is hot tonight. Whoa, that's what he is right now, uh, Quinton Byfield. Uh, where will he be tomorrow? Hopefully uh, scoring more goals and producing more points for the uh, Kings because he's back in action tomorrow night, as is the team against the Islanders. And great win for nothing. Another solid shutout effort from Cam Talbot, who continues to prove his worth so far this season. So great job by the um, at LA Kings last night, getting that record setting 11th straight road win uh, to begin the season. Uh, no question. Now, uh, Alex, we talked about this yesterday with the LA Kings, this be a prime spot after a win like that. And being in Montreal, there might've been a little celebratory mood for the LA Kings <laughs> after last night in a place like Montreal would have yeah. been the perfect, uh, maybe spot to maybe fade them tomorrow. Uh, but then you look at their opponent, it's the New York Islanders. And I'm like, gosh, that's probably one of the worst possible opponents that I could ask for to want to potentially fade the LA Kings against, uh, in that game tomorrow. So I don't know if I'll be getting involved in that, but, for, uh, I I agree with you that it's maybe a little dubious spot for the LA Kings there tomorrow on the road against the Islanders after getting the record. Well, here's the thing. They have the Islanders tomorrow and then they turn around on Sunday and have the Rangers. So Which we might be game. able to, we might be able to kind of stack and shift something between those two, because like I said, if there's, if there's a look ahead spot, it would be considering that they would be probably looking more toward the Rangers than the Islanders. But at the same time, like you said, they want to keep this the streak rolling. You know, that's the thing. It's not like, okay, we had 11, we're done. They got two more road games. So, yeah, they might want to come out hot. So this is definitely going to be one of those where utilizing live betting, utilizing derivative wagers for those two games, those are the ways that we'll be circling those. It won't just be outright fading them, but we have to get a little more creative with it. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think you've just got to get creative first period maybe. Yeah, you know that that I might get to. I might get to an Islander first period puck line. Maybe we'll see. I mean, we got time. We'll talk about it more certainly on tomorrow's show. But uh, and it's not easy to step in front of this record. But you just feel if they're ever going to lose a road game, it's going to be after getting the record, being in Montreal, Islanders, you know, mundane opponent, and you have a huge game that you know is going to be hyped, like number one in the East versus number one in the work, one of the top teams in the West right now, the LA Kings. They're going to hype that thing up big time for that Sunday showdown. Uh, Sunday night, uh, Kings and Rangers. So, yeah, a little tricky little spot tomorrow for the L.A. Kings. And the other interesting thing will be, too, obviously we'll be looking at the goaltending matchup. Could we possibly have Jonathan Quick starting against the Kings in that home spot as well? So there's a, there's a few yeah. things that are that circling. So uh, definitely interesting team to be watching for on the weekend. Why wouldn't you if you're Lavi? I mean, why wouldn't you if yeah. you're Peter Laviolette put sure. Jonathan Quick in there against his old team? He'd Especially be up for that. He'd totally be up for that. 
Yeah. He, he felt like I, he was going to end his career in L.A. with the with the Kings. Uh, and uh, I know he was pissed off. I know he was not happy about being dealt to Columbus. And he spent, you know, basically two seconds there uh, with the uh, Blue Jackets. Uh, so, yeah, there'd be a little axe to grind for Mr. Quick on uh, Sunday night uh, if he gets the start for the New York Rangers in net against the uh, L.A. Kings. So that's fascinating. That's a great discussion coming up for us on yeah. Sunday. When we talk about that game, no doubt. Uh, the other games last night, a wild one in the Battle of Ontario, 4-3 Toronto Maple Leafs. But the big news is not that they won that game. The big news is the injury to Joseph Wall, and it did not look good. Uh, it was just an innocuous play. Uh, he tries to spread you know, the pads out on a, a shot, that puck that goes to the net, and it just looked like something popped in his leg or his knee, maybe his groin as well. It's definitely lower body, of course, like most goalie injuries, and he could not put weight uh, on uh, one side of his body there going off the ice. It's not what you want to see, uh, obviously, for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs because he was phenomenal last night in that game. Ottawa played Toronto last night. He was phenomenal in that game before he left the game, and now it looks like he's going to miss not only some time, but significant time, this uh, good up-and-coming young goalie uh, for the uh, Leafs. So guess who saw action for the rest of that game? Our old buddy Martin Jones for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs last night, who, of course, was backing up uh, Wool in that game. He actually played well, pitched a shutout. Didn't, oh, actually, one goal. He allowed the one goal with the uh, net empty. Uh, they pulled extra attacker. It was 4-2, and that's the one goal that beat Jones. He actually had no chance on it. It was a one-timer. Uh, they had the extra attacker. But we might be looking at assuming, well, Wool's going to be out for the long term, you know. And now Samsonov's still got this illness that he's battling right now. He didn't even travel to Ottawa yesterday. We might be seeing Martin Jones by default starting the next few games in net for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So, you know, that is where we're at right now, unfortunately, uh, for them. But they do survive. They hang on for a 4-3 win against Ottawa last night. And then if you thought that game was wild. So here's a funny story about San Jose, Detroit. I was on the air doing my Thursday guest spot on the Pub Sports Radio NFL live bet stream for Steelers Patriots. I'm on for pregame and for the first quarter uh, of the uh, football game every Thursday night. So I'm on the air. And I'm, of course, I'm, I've got a bunch of games on. I've got the football game, but I've got a ton of hockey on. So I'm keeping track of everything, including San Jose. But I didn't have San Jose Detroit on my screen because I don't always just knee-jerk watch what I've got the most money on. And, and that was one of my stronger bets on the card yesterday was San Jose Detroit over. But I had, you know, Leafs on. I had the Kings game on. I was interested in seeing them get the record. I had other games on the screen before that one. So all I was, all I could do as far as getting updates for that game is just live tracking, live scoring. My betting apps and all that were on the screen. So I'm watching that game and the live scoring updates, and I'm seeing nothing's happening. It's like 0-0 halfway through the game. And I'm like, okay, well, that over's gone. That's dead. That's no, got no shot now. I mean, even if the offense eventually comes in that game, we're not going to see uh, enough seven goals and what less than the, the half the second period and third period left in that game. Good luck getting the seven goals when it's still zero zero. So I just, you know, doing the show, talking, we're watching the football I'm watching the games that are in front of me, the hockey games that weren't San Jose, Detroit in front of me. And then basically 10 minutes after I had given up, 10 real live, real-time minutes after I'd basically given up on that over when it was 0-0 halfway through the second period. I turned to look, and the damn thing is 4-4. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? That's that's honestly what I said on the on the air. I'm like, what the what the hell has happened here in the Motor City with this game? 
And, and uh, all of a sudden, I'm like, holy shit, it's 4-4. I literally looked at the score 10 minutes ago in real time, and it's scoreless. And I'm like, holy shit, what on earth has happened here? And then I just look at the live score, and I'm like, holy, four, four straight goals for Detroit within like three minutes separate, four minutes, actually. It was four minutes and change where Detroit went uh, 4 nothing up, you know, scoring four goals in a four-minute and 35-second uh, span. And then after that, the Sharks score four unanswered, including not one but two shorthanded goals somehow. San Jose did that, and they score four unanswered goals in a span of five minutes and 29 seconds late in the second period. And next thing you know, it's 4-4. I'm like, well, well there, cash my over. <laughs> I'm like, geez, uh, what a wild game. And then they exchanged uh, a goal apiece in the third, and Michael Granlin wins it for San Jose in overtime. Two unreal comebacks in a row on the road by the San Jose Sharks against I doing it against the Islanders, you know, uh, is one thing because they've blown leads left and right. But doing that last night against Detroit, who's playing really good hockey, you don't expect that from them. What is San Jose smoking right now? They're smoking some of the Boston hemp ink products. I think right now, uh, the, uh, <laughs> what has gotten into them? By the way, you talked about how great Randy Hans call was against the Islanders. Another good call from him last night in the overtime winner for Grandland in Detroit. So what a, a couple of calls and a couple of nights for Randy Hahn behind the microphone. Probably say the same about his uh, radio compatriot too, uh, Dan uh, Ruzanowski, who's been the uh, Sharks radio voice from the inception. I'm sure his calls were pretty damn exciting too. But wow, I mean, what has happened here? San Jose, all of a sudden, they go, and they probably are still in the running for the worst team in the NHL. I'm not ready to change my mind yet on that. But you do have to give them credit. Uh, I think there's something like five and two now, or four and three in their last seven games. And if you've been betting San Jose every game during that run, you're up huge because they're plus two fifty, three hundred, three fifty dogs every night. So just unreal these two comeback victories for San Jose, and unreal if you had the over like me because you counted that thing dead halfway through the game, and next thing you know, four four end of two. Yeah, that's uh, that's about as crazy as it gets. And I didn't I didn't watch a single second of that game, but I did keep checking on my phone. Like I said, watching a bunch of other games. And, you know, oftentimes you have – I check a couple of different sites for scores because sometimes you have glitches. Sometimes the score might be popping up wrong. So I kept checking to see that Detroit game, and every time I kind of refreshed within that seven-minute span of all these goals, I kept seeing the score changing. So I never knew what score was right. I just said, all right, well, maybe this is just, just freaking the out. The app's bugging out, right. Live scoring I literally is popping had, up. Yeah. I literally had one of my apps, and I actually, like, re-downloaded it through Google Play, thinking that, like, what the fuck is going on? Something's off. And sure enough, no, I just go and flip on the highlights, and I'm seeing seven goals between two teams in the span of about seven and a half minutes of game time. It, it, that's something you don't see at, in any level these days, pretty much. It, it's, it's crazy. And then when you look at the stat sheet, you know, we talked about, of course, the story of the night being Sir Patrick Kane is making his debut in Detroit. He only gets three shots. He's a minus one, doesn't have a goal or assist. Alex DeBrinkett literally has a clean zeros across the board. So, you know, talking about how Detroit's, you know, getting it done and they make this big splash, you know, supposed to be free agent sign that's going to boost the offense. He doesn't even get involved in, the, in that kind of a game. Normally you talk about a 6-5 game, you'd be talking about a crazy Patrick Kane stat line when days uh, in Chicago. So that's just fascinating too. And like I said, the San Jose team, you know, the regression, you know, it, it's going to come at some point, but there had to be kind of a, a of an inverse where this team had to finally find, you know, win some games. 
And I think it's interesting, too, because you saw a lot of the chatter and stuff. I know I've seen it on social media, different posts talking about, you know, the Sharks team going to be the worst team in NHL history and all the different, you know, we've been talking about it since the beginning of the year. I think maybe that kind of creeped in and they said, hey, we can't let this, you know, be our fate. Yes, we're going to be a bad team. We're more than likely going to be the worst team in the league this season, but we can't be on on this historic run and only have, you know, they only had two wins, you know, heading into Thanksgiving and, you know, right now eight wins. They want to at least get out of that, that 11 uh, win mark. That's the lowest uh, win total that the Sharks have had in, in their franchise history. So I think that's just motivation in that too is, Hey, yes, we're bad, but you know, we have to find ways to win and, and there's going to be spots now because we're getting into the three and four nights, the five and eight nights. We're getting these compressed schedules with the holidays floating in where the Sharks are just going to be a fresher team and catch a, a much better team uh, on an off night. No doubt. I was just hearing it with Gord Miller and Mike Johnson during the Leafs Senators game last night. They said it. The Leafs have six games in 10 days coming up. So, you know, everyone's going to have these real yeah. tight schedules, a shit ton of games in a short period of time. So there's no doubt that uh, you're going to be watching for this and it's going to lead to some, you know, erratic play and behavior and, and, and results at times. No doubt. Crazy game, obviously, there. 6-5 San Jose. Uh, Fade Islanders uh, came to a halt last night. They beat the uh, Jackets 7-3, really pull away in the third period. Uh, brutal night for Spencer Martin. Brutal. Uh, but the whole team in front of him wasn't great. But, yeah, not one of his better nights. And, look, they're stuck now because, you know, Tarasov's been banged up and inconsistent. Merzlikens is out for at least another week. You're down to Spencer Martin and Jet Greaves, who we'll get to later, might get the start tonight on a back-to-back for Columbus. Uh, and his numbers in the AHL are nothing to write home about. So uh, concerning – and they've banged up to shit on the blue line right now, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Could Branson out, uh, Severson out, Boquist out. Uh, those are three good in their own zone defensemen as well. So giving up goals might be a problem uh, for Columbus here moving forward. And we saw it last night. Islanders putting a touchdown on the board with the extra point is not a good sign for a team that's banged up on D, goaltending issues. And they've got a little bug running through the team now as well, from what I hear. So uh, that's concerning for Columbus. And we'll get to them. They're in action tonight against St. Louis. Uh, what else did we see last night? We saw uh, Nashville 5-1 against Tampa Bay. I really liked Nashville in that spot. They got the job done. Johansson in net. Uh, Nashville gets the job done producing offensively there. Uh, good performance from UC Soros. And Tampa Bay, man, you, you can't take Tampa Bay seriously come Stanley Cup playoff time until they figure it out on the road. This road record for them is dreadful. Uh, piss poor. 4-10 and ten now. 4-10. and ten on the road this year for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So until they get their act together outside of Amelie Arena, you know, it's hard to take them seriously this year. Uh, yeah, you can beat Pittsburgh at home and uh, you shut out Dallas in a revenge spot at home, which clearly you're, you're going to be up for a spot like that when you get bombed 8-1 to one previously in the game before. But you can't take your good play on the road with you. That's a problem. And we're seeing that right now from the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Big issues away from home. Uh, credit to Dallas. Gutted it out. Not a tough tough spot on a back-to-back for them. Uh, hard-fought game against Florida the night before. Not their best effort, but they come to uh, rescue uh, Scott Wedgwood, who was kind of up and down. Uh, but they got to Charlie Lindgren. They tie it late. They win in a shootout 5-4. So happy to see that come through as I laid the uh, modest road favorite number with the Stars uh, in that game. And Alex's best bet there cashes as well, over one and a half first period with the uh, Stars and the uh, Capitals uh, in that one. Uh, Chicago, credit to Alex, got the better of me there. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks won nothing against Anaheim. Um, shocking shutout by Morozik and uh, 
that's that's bad for Anaheim. That's all I have to say. Shutting out, shut out by Morozik and Chicago. Wow. I guess the depths of their losing streak uh, continue to get bottom out uh, at this point in time, the uh, Anaheim Ducks. So uh, not the offensive display we expected from Bedard and from Carlson either uh, in that game. So one nothing Chicago, uh, they get the job done. Flyers, which, you know, I I, I was kind of worried deep down about Arizona in that spot. They've been rolling along. Last game of a homestand, about to go on an East Coast road trip. Flyers playing some better hockey, and Flyers were the better team last night. They get a 4-1 win uh, against Philadelphia. We'll see how it goes, but uh, definitely uh, kind of a, you know, at the end of a long, successful homestand, that's not always a great spot when you're going on the road and not one of Arizona's better games. I wouldn't panic yet about Ingram. Sure, he gave up four goals, and they lost the game last night, but he's going to have to stumble more and more and more in multiple games before we get concerned. He's still, you know, he's, he's, he's earned some rope. He's earned some leeway to have a rougher night once in a while uh they go on the road they face boston to start their road trip tomorrow uh what can you say about carolina maybe not the embarrassment of the edmonton game obviously uh where you just you get annihilated the horrible first period but it was every bit as disturbing and every bit as frustrating uh, if you're a carolina hurricanes fan that you know you're up to nothing you're all over calgary early in that game you get the lead and then they just played park the bus defend the lead hockey and eventually that's just going to be a problem you know and um they sat back a little too much started to get a little, i think they got a little fatigued in the third period too on the back to back but that's still not a game you want to blow a two nothing lead and that's just shit that when carolina is on their game that doesn't happen to them and it happened last night they have a two nothing lead they lose three two to calgary credit to dustin wolf who started the game rough start yep. two goals early but man he settled in Played good in the second, and he was very good in the third. He was f- fantastic, I think, in the third. Probably the best period of hockey in the two games that he's played here in the NHL this season because he had the game against Ottawa, which they lost. Uh, he was okay, not great. He struggled early last night, but he was terrific in the last two periods and especially the third. So credit to them. And now you've got a decision to make if you're Asuka now. You see that kid play that well. How do you not want to maybe come back to him uh, in the next game for the uh, Calgary Flames uh, tomorrow night when they play the uh, – uh, uh, actually tomorrow afternoon, I should say, when they play the New Jersey Devils uh, at home. So uh, keep an eye on that. We'll see if Wolf gets another start. But uh, that's 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 a brutal two nights for the Carolina Hurricanes. The embarrassment of yeah. that performance against Edmonton and then not closing out a 2 nothing lead against uh, Calgary and losing 3-2. Like I said, not the embarrassment of the Edmonton game, but every bit as angering, frustrating, and disturbing. That's the word, disturbing, what we're seeing right now, Alex from the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, it's a mess. And, 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 you know, this is a team that has gone through some ups and downs offensively at times. Uh, But like I said, but having that, you know, blistering of a star in the first period, you're supposed to, you know, ride off of that momentum, especially coming off of the loss that you come off of uh, in Edmonton. And they just didn't have it. But then you mix that in with playing a better goalie. Like I said, Dustin Wolf definitely settled in and looked great. The last 30 minutes of play, like I said, that third period and even the second period, he was stopping everything. The only thing that got past him was a goal that ended up getting waved off, rightfully, with a goaltender interference late in the game that would have would have tied that contest. But uh, Wolf was solid, and like I said, Carolina just going through you know some some struggles right now, and, and being on the road too. Maybe this is you know we talk about how some teams that play long home trips and they need to get you know away from home and, and get things sorted out. Maybe this is a team that needs to get back to Raleigh. And maybe they can, you know, start to figure some things out. But it's it's certainly concerning right now. Like I said, you know, at least you're struggling in December eighth. That's better than having it February, March, or April. So that's uh, the way they got to look at it moving forward. 
yeah, I mean, get, get your uh, act together in the new year, later in the season. That's what you're hoping for right now. Uh, if you're the uh, Carolina Hurricane, you know what it's the problem is. You could say goaltending has been a touch weak, and especially Ranta and even Kochekov's had a couple of you know tough uh, nights. But although uh, the last the Edmonton game was just they let him hang out to dry. He wasn't really that ba- bad in that game. Uh, last night I thought he was actually solid, uh, and even a couple of those like the Coleman goal. I'd like to see him stop that, like the shorty that that Coleman scored. Um, but the two goals before that hard to stop those the way they unfolded. So it's not really all on the goaltending. Their defensive play has struggled. But here's the issue. Their big players, their best players haven't been their best players. It's been that way for a long time now. Ajo has been very disappointing lately. Tara Vinen's cooled off after a slow start. Jarvis, we're waiting for him to show the Jarvis of two years ago, and he's not. And the worst of all is Andrei Svechnikov. This guy can't be found right now with a telescope. Just And look, he's coming off a significant injury, so I feel like I want to give him a little slack, cut him a little slack. But at the same at the same point in time, you're Andre Svechnikov. You're supposed to be one of the dominant offensive players on this hockey team, and you have one friggin' goal on the season, one so far. Not good enough. I don't care what the situation is coming off an injury uh, like that. One goal for a guy of that caliber, a guy that's important to his hockey team. You count on his offense. You need his offense. You need more from him. Period. Yeah. So the excuse train only runs so long, and eventually it goes off the tracks with Svechnikov. Can't make the excuses anymore. It's time to get going, man. You've had two months now to get back in game rhythm following that injury. It's time to produce. That's what you're paid to do, and he's not doing it right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and just to kind of touch back a little bit when you say about the, the weak goaltending. You know, and this is an issue that we talked about at the beginning of the year. What are the three teams that we hi- highlighted? Ironically enough, two of them in this one game, but Carolina, uh, Calgary, and then Buffalo. Teams who are rotating with three goalies that, you know, are looking at the future, but still trying to kind of manage things in the here and now. Uh, and we said Carolina did the wrong thing by re-signing Anderson, re-signing Ronta, and that, I think, has kind of disrupted Kochekov's kind of momentum. Think about it. He wasn't really playing a lot of time down in the AHL, they were carrying him and carrying three goalies. So now you're throwing off that rotation of, you know, getting regular games, getting practices, you know, you know, managing that practice load. I think that was the same thing even with, with Calgary at one point. Uh, you know, we saw, of course, now Markstrom getting hurt. But before that, we were seeing where Markstrom and Vladar didn't have, you know, Vladar was having the same issues that Markstrom was having at the beginning of, the, of games, giving up those goals early in the first period. And then it kind of made me wonder, looking at Dustin Wolf last night early in that first period, is there something structurally going on? Why are these goaltenders with this team somehow not ready, uh, you know, early in contests and are giving up these kind of goals where they seem to be kind of kind of caught looking? So when you have that system, and that's there's a reason why teams don't, you know, really carry three goalies. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on. When you see teams that are doing that or teams that are trying to balance that that momentum around, one of those goaltenders, it doesn't matter about which of the three is the best, but the one that's kind of getting the odd time out, that's the one to kind of maybe circle and, and say that's the one we fade in certain games. Yeah, he didn't play last night. Good point, Pobuddy's Nerfic, uh, Svechnikov. That's true. Sat down, but uh, he's been sat down already by Brindamore, and he didn't really respond after that. So how many times can you go to that well? You know, he it's on the bonus is on the player. You know, you know how you know what you're capable of. You know what you've done here in the NHL in the past as far as offense is concerned. And this is a team that needs their big guns going. This is not a team that's going to get consistency offensively from the down the lineup. They don't have nearly the offensive depth some other 
uh, players have for this team. So, uh, you know, it's all kinds of issues. That, that, was it? Let me just see here. It was actually upper body. And, okay, upper body injury kept him out last night. It wasn't a healthy scratch decision or a coach's decision. Still, you know, one goal in 16 games. We know he's got. He's a 30-goal scorer in this league. He's been it in the past. He's got to be a little bit better, a lot better uh, moving forward, no question. And then the late games last night, credit to the Jets, Winnipeg against Colorado, 4-2 win. I told you they play well in Denver. Uh, so the Jets got the job done there, 4-2 against the Avalanche. Avalanche did have McCarr back last night, but still a little depleted with some key injuries on that team. Vancouver ending. I'm, I'm glad this is over. It's like that song, Thanks for the Memories. Well, Fallout Boy, I think, had that song. Thanks for the Memories, Minnesota. Great run. Cash some tickets with this win streak coming off the uh, coaching change. It's over now, and I'm, I'm glad it's over. I'm sick of hearing about it. Uh, back to the old recipe with Tom, uh, not Tom, John Hines. For uh, Minnesota last night, can't score goals. Uh, offense dries up, and they lose two nothing. Great effort by Vancouver last night. You could tell that team structure. They were locked in defensively after the Hughes Bowl, where I'm sure they weren't happy about their defensive breakdowns in that game against the Devils. And they really did a good job supporting their goalie Casey DeSmith last night, who gets a nice uh, two nothing uh, shutout victory. And the streak is over. Minnesota loses their first game with John Hines behind the bench. Now we don't have to worry about riding the wild uh, anymore uh, after that game uh, last night. And um, last game on the uh, slate was, I'll tell you what, this is when you know it's bad. Seattle was a play, Seattle played well last night. If you watch that game, they played really well. They just couldn't, they couldn't buy a goal. Posts, crossbars, uh, great goaltending from Akira Schmid, especially in the third period when they really mounted a, a rally down by a goal and he just held the fort and they hit a couple posts. I mean, snake bit. You know, they, they played an excellent game. What was the shots? Almost 40 to 18 or something for Seattle last night. New Jersey got away with one. They didn't play a great game, but they still won two to one last night. They are a snake bit team, not only struggling, but now they're snake bit because they deserved a better fate last night in that game. Uh, Alex, thoughts from those few late games? Yeah, uh, like you said, yeah, Seattle's just been completely snake bit. And, and you know, kudos to New Jersey for getting that kind of a win. That's what good teams do. You find ways to grind out good wins, you know, tough wins like that, especially on the road, especially long road trip out in Seattle. So that's uh, a nice win for the Devils as they, you know, still continuing that trip out west. But that's just, uh, you know, unfortunate for Seattle. And I just don't know what this team's going to do now to try to turn things around. I mean, it's just been such a disappointing start for that club, certainly. Uh, Minnesota-Vancouver, I was really bummed out by this game. I had quite a bit of stuff loaded up on it. I liked the Wild. Uh, like I said, we were still kind of riding that trend. Loved the first period over. Loved both teams to score in the first period. Uh, fortunately, Casey the Smith did not get the memo. He was a brick wall throughout the entire night, getting the shutout, just looking fantastic. That's arguably the best start I've seen him turn in in quite some time, Vancouver, Pittsburgh, or otherwise. Uh, so that was a, a good win for them. Like you said, now we're seeing that shell – uh, of John Hines started to, to, to grow larger and larger. That second period, I'm thinking, okay, you had 11 shots, 12 shots, quality chances, and, and you end up going to the locker room down one goal. This game should be opening up, and we should be seeing the offense, you know, more creativity, more energy, more spark. There was none of that, and that's a problem because we saw with Everson a guy who, you know, let the offense roam pretty free. Did, you know, wasn't, you know, he wanted you to be accountable defensively, but he wasn't a hard ass about it. He wasn't going to just, you know, completely shut everything down and, and, and suck all the offensive life away from the team. That team struggled offensively and couldn't get things rolling. So now if these guys go cold with John Hines, what is John Hines going to draw up that's going to, you know, bring up some, some creativity and imagination on offense? 
probably not much of anything. So the overtrain that we've loved with Minnesota for the last three, four, five years might be coming to a screeching halt as well. So that's the biggest takeaway that I have now with this wild team. The more John Hines' influence creeps in, the more we might have to start getting away from them and, and talking about overs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see, right? Because we've seen this with Hines before where, you know, there's just not enough coming uh, off and in games they're trailing. And it's not like they're, it's not like, it's like sometimes with the, especially in the Nashville days too, I saw this. You're down two goals, guy. Like, why am I not seeing a thrust of offense? Why am I not seeing uh, offensive zone time sustained? Why am I seeing uh, the defenseman not activating from the yeah. blue line? You do realize you're down by two goals, right? And they, they, they played like they're tied or ahead in games where they're trailing in the third. That bothered me always about Hines in Nashville at times. Even they had the, that great New Jersey team that had Taylor Hall on it, and they could score goals and see the same crap from him. And it's like yeah. last night, you do realize you're trailing, right? You're not <laughs> going to win this game unless you score. So why don't you become aggressive, get the blue line into the mix? Yeah, you might give up an odd man rush, but that's what every team's got to do that when they're down. Why don't you? Absolutely. And you know what? We have to give Barry Trotz credit because – He's the most defensive-minded coach we've seen in this last, what, 20 years, correct, in the NHL, give or take? Yeah. But all the guys that you see that they try to compare him to, the Lane Lamberts, the Mike Yos, the John Hines, the defensive-minded guys, they can't get their offenses rolling. At least Barry Trotz was able to get his offense rolling, except when they're down a goal, down two goals. He was able to, to, to give some balance there. But you got all these defensive-minded coaches that are still hanging around their fossils and they should only be running penalty kills or defensive units. They shouldn't be head coaches. And, and then you have these situations where, okay, they're behind the eight ball, but now they're so worried about giving up another goal. They can't do anything moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, like I said, we'll get to Minnesota in just a bit. They are in action again tonight against the uh, Minnesota wild. All right, let's get to Friday's games here. We got three of them and we'll begin with the Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the Florida Panthers. We've got Florida minus 160 home favorites, six and a half the total here in this game. Uh, Pittsburgh in a massive rut, three straight losses, uh, really a lackluster, lethargic Horus performance against Tampa Bay. Uh, in their last game, uh, three to one. And the only goal was a misplay by Vasilevsky with the puck uh, miscommunication with his uh, defense partner uh, and uh, ended up in the back of the net. Uh, three. Well, that's the only goal Pittsburgh scored. Pittsburgh scored just one goal in each of the last two games. The power play is on one of the worst slides you'll ever see, especially for a team with this amount of talent. It's supposed to have a good power play with Crosby and Malkin and Gensel and obviously Latang and Carlson capable of quarterbacking the power play from the back end and yet they have gone a wretched 0 for 33 with the power play uh, in the last 12 games it's staggering it's shocking you almost can't believe it's real that with the talent and the offensive ability this team's supposed to have that they're 0 for 33 uh, on the power play uh, in the last 12 games just absolutely horrendous yeah it does there's not enough shots john that's the problem uh, we talk about it shoot the damn puck it's like we talked about with minnesota a minute ago not going to score unless you simplify it. Overpassing, they've talked about this now multiple games. We're passing the puck too much on the power play. Shoot the thing, for crying out loud. It won't go in unless you shoot. Get traffic, get bodies, look for loose change, look for rebounds. That's how you have to do it with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins to fix this power play. Keep it simplistic when it's not working, and they've yet to do that yet. They had a closed-door meeting, players meeting, or a team meeting of some kind after the loss against Tampa Bay. There was uh, no specifics on whether it was players only, who called the meeting. Was it Crosby as the captain? 
potentially, or whether the Mike Sullivan and the coaching staff was part of that meeting. But we'll see what that does. Does that inspire a great uh, effort tonight? Um, you would think early, at least it will. We'll see. We know Florida is the better team. Certainly, they won uh, their last game against Dallas at home, 5-4 uh, uh, on Wednesday night. Solid performance from the uh, Panthers there. Uh, they've alternated wins and losses, though. It's worth noting their last eight games. So keep that in mind. Actually, they won against Edmonton, lost two in a row. And then since then, win-lose, win-lose, win uh, has been the pattern. I, I do think Pittsburgh's going to bring it tonight. It's hard to have faith and confidence in them winning this game fully because they're not the better of these teams and they're really struggling mightily right now. Their defense and their goaltending, um, I don't trust it, but their bigger issues, shockingly, is their offense and their power play specifically, which was not supposed to be the issue uh, for this team. But I do think early in this game, we could see Pittsburgh really throw uh, their best punch at this Florida Panthers team. And keep in mind with Florida, I've seen these lapses from them sometimes where they're off a win and they're kind of sluggish to start the next game. So what I like here in this game specifically is Pittsburgh plus 130 in the first period. I'm going to take a shot in the first 20 minutes here with the Pittsburgh Penguins in this game, thinking that's when they'll be you know, throwing their best haymaker, this Florida team, off the team meeting, the players meeting. But do I trust this team for a full 60 minutes to win this game? Not fully. I think I'll grab just a small pinch of Pittsburgh on the full game money line, but this is like a 80 to 20, 90 to 10 percentage split for me with this, where the majority of it is on the first period here with the Pittsburgh Penguins at plus 130. If they're, if, if they're going to even have a chance to win the game, they're going to have to show it in the first 20 minutes and uh, or else they probably won't show it at all as far as I'm concerned. So, I'm going to take a shot. Situational bet. They had the play, the meeting after the Tampa game. Florida sometimes does play down after a win. But I have also seen Florida start slow at home and met multiple games over the last two years and then come back and win. So that's why I feel a lot better about taking Pittsburgh first period here tonight in this game rather than a uh, full game. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Alex? Penguins, Panthers. This is a, a watch and observe game for me. Like I said, uh, Pittsburgh's got a show that they are going to change and, and make these changes before I lay a dollar on them. And certainly not looking at Florida, certainly not looking at Florida as a favorite either. So this is a, a total pass for me. Uh, if I had to do something with this, maybe a sprinkle in the draw, but I probably won't even get there with that. All right. So just a watch and observe game for Alex. I like where John Massey's going with Evan Rodriguez. No doubt. Evan Rodriguez is uh, really playing well. Mm -hmm. Uh, for the it's him and Reinhardt have been absolutely spectacular for the Florida Panthers, and co no coincidence that they are playing with Barkov, who makes uh, a lot of his line mates look good more often than not. But I mean, R Rodriguez is on a real big short term heater three goals and seven points in the last three games. So, not only the point prop, you're right, over one and a half points plus 600. Cheshire Cat's pointing that out uh, in the chat. Why not? He had four points. Uh, against Dallas, and he had two against Montreal, and he had one against the Islanders. So he's feeling it right now, Evan Rodriguez. for the, And he's former Penguin. It's a yeah, funny right. thing, too. He's mm -hmm. a former Penguin. So that angle's in play. Former former uh, player against his former team angle here in this with uh, Evan Rodriguez. So that's a good prop. Reinhardt goes without saying. I think if you're going to do anything with Pittsburgh, it starts with Sid. It starts with Crosby. He's going to, if anyone's going to lead them out of the abyss, yeah. it's the captain. Uh, you know, I think I, if, and if I had to guess, it was probably him that spearheaded that players meeting uh, after the Tampa Bay game. 
He knows it's now or never. And I'm hearing, too, everybody that writes for Pittsburgh, Dan uh, Kingerski, our guy from National Hockey Now, and those folks, and uh, who's the guy that's uh, Russo, right? There's someone named Russo, too, for Pittsburgh, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, um, writes for the uh, Penguins. And they, they talked about that. And there's a Josh Josh Yo or something like that, mm-hmm. Yohi or something. I don't know. There's a couple guys for Pittsburgh and, and Kingerski. They're all saying this. If they shit the bed and it's a brutal game tonight, there just might be a coaching change in Pittsburgh. Uh, oh. And so Mike Sullivan's, you know, seat's getting hotter. Uh, let's put it that way. And remember, Dubas inherited Mike Sullivan. Let's remember that, too. So it's not a Mike Sullivan. Kyle Dubas kept Mike Sullivan when he assumed GM and president of hockey operations for the Penguins. So this is not his guy necessarily. So that's why I think you're right. Uh, it's uh, heating up here on Mike Sullivan and the Penguins. And it's going to get probably even hotter if uh, it's a bad performance again tonight here against the uh, Florida Panthers. All right, next up, we've got the St. Louis Blues and Columbus. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just, no, I'm just going back and looking now. I'm just looking at a prop. You can get plus 400 for Mike Sullivan being that coach fired. If you like Florida tonight in any fashion, you might as well grab some of that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it can happen. He He's on the short list of coaches that could be gassed next. Yeah. We've been talking about DJ Smith for a while, but – I'll be honest. I think DJ's safe for a while. And I heard uh, someone, I believe, for the uh, – uh, I heard Ann Lauer, the owner, and Steos, who's now the current GM at the moment, say that they're not pushing any panic buttons right now with uh, DJ Smith. And to be honest, yeah. even though they lost last night to Toronto, they played a really good game. So I don't think there's – that that change is not imminent, in yeah. my opinion, DJ Smith at the moment. And and if you look at the – I'm looking at Ben Online right now. DJ Smith for next coach fire at minus 150 compared to Sullivan's 4-1. to one. So shop around. Yeah, I would minus not lay minus 150 with DJ yeah. Smith. Maybe you know, if Ottawa does end up in the tank yet again, which they're not at the moment. They've won two in a row, and they should have won last night. They had won two in a yeah. row, and then they probably should have won last night as well. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't lay that price. I think Sullivan and some other candidates probably have better value right now for that next coach uh, fire. Yeah, someone asking in the chat, where can you find that? Yeah, Alex. Yeah, uh, yeah that's that Bet Online, and I think FanDuel yeah. might have that too. I'm gonna look around and, yep. and search, but I know Bet Online has it. That's those are the odds I'm looking at right now. So, yeah, no doubt. All right, St. Louis Columbus Blues minus one forty road favorite, six and a half the total. We said it earlier. Columbus has got they got all kinds of issues. They got goalies hurt. They got three defensemen, three key defensemen, three good defensive defensemen out: Severson, Boquist, uh, Erica Branson. Uh, who's uh, battling the illness. Uh, he didn't even uh, travel with the team to the Islanders last night. Uh, Patrick Lyonnais got the illness too uh, right now, and uh, he didn't play last night. Uh, like I said, not a huge deal. He ha- hasn't been good this year. And Gaudreau, same thing. Like I said yesterday, give the young kids more ice time. I'm okay with that. Uh, and when you look at this Jackets team, they do have a lot of young – if they ever figure it out, this core, together, they're going to be a good hockey team eventually. Like – Marchenko, Voronkov, and Shinnikov have been great lately, that Russian trio. Uh, Kent Johnson and Adam Fantilli has really started to percolate here the last few games. Great night for him last night uh, against the uh, New York Islanders uh, in that game. Emil Bemstrom called back up from the AHL, back in the lineup for his first game last night, and he scores against the Islanders as well. Give these guys more ice time. I'd rather see more of them than Goudreau and Lyonnais, that's for sure, with what they haven't given this team. Uh, so far this season. Uh, but on the back end, you know, the problem with the back end, Alex, is the three defensemen that are potentially going to miss again tonight, Branson, Boquist, and Severson. You can make a case that's three of their best defensive defensemen because Wierenski, offensive-minded. Blankenberg, offensive-minded. Provorov, you know, 
hit or miss defensively. Peak, same thing. I like Jake Bean, but David Juracek, you know, young guy, he's going to make mistakes defensively. So that's a weak defensive blue line right now. And we saw it last night, seven goals. I mean, touchdown and the extra point for the New York Islanders last night uh, against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. So uh, it's probably going to be tough sledding, at least in the short term, uh, for the Columbus Blue Jackets to keep the puck out of their own net and the possibility of Jet Greaves being in net tonight on a back-to-back after we saw uh, Spence, although Spencer Martin wasn't really good last night. But you look at Jet Greaves, not ready, I think, for the NHL. And you look at his numbers in Cleveland this year in the AHL, 3.1 goals against average, 899 save percentage. That's in the AHL, sub-900 save percentage. So that's not what you want to see. Blues should be able to find the back of the net uh, here in this game. But on the flip side, like I say, even with Lion A maybe missing this game, you're seeing Fantilli, Johnson, the three Russians are stepping up offensively lately for Columbus. I think the Jackets can score goals here in this game as well. Offense hasn't been the big issue for Columbus. It's been the defensive injuries, the defensive play, and the goaltending. And they are going to get to see Joel Hofer uh, in net tonight for the uh, St. Louis Blues. And here's a guy that's really having a tough season. 3.04 goals against, 901 save percentage for Joel Hofer. This season for the uh, St. Louis Blues, he has given up three goals or more in the majority of his uh, starts this year. Uh, That's not what you want to see. So I think we see goals both ways. And I think the clear bet for me in this is a Blues Blue Jackets over six and a half here. Uh, You you can get that at minus 120 uh, in this game. I think it's an absolutely terrific first period both teams to score game uh, as well here. The uh, Blues and Blue Jackets, I could see both St. Louis and Columbus both find in the back of the net early uh, in this game. So that's what I'll be on. First period, both teams to score at the plus price, plus 150, and also over six and a half here, minus 120. Uh, Alex, uh, St. Louis, Columbus. Yeah, I'm riding both of those plays. First period, both teams to score, uh, full game over. But I'm also taking a shot with Blues and over five and a half combined. You can grab that at BetMGM. I'm just looking right now at plus 150. So that's two plays at plus 150. Another play uh, that six and a half. I laid a dollar ten with that this morning, but I like that up to a dollar twenty-five. Anything higher than that, start looking for something in game. But these two teams are so nuts back and forth, especially looking at serious history. You may not have time to grab something. So that's why I'm I'm going with the six and a half now, and both teams to score in the first period, as far as those totals go. But except Columbus just having all kind of an issues, and now they're having the flu bug going on around on, on top of having all these injuries, that's just not not good at all. So I think that's a good way to, to attack with St. Louis rather than laying $1.40 or even trying to deal with regulation. Just tie that in with that total. We should see goals back and forth, and I, I trust that St. Louis can win this game. Mentioning with Jet Greaves, if you look at his record, his record looks fantastic at 9-3. and three. That's because Cleveland's kind of a bit of a wagon in the AHL. They won yeah. 15, I think 15 of their first 20 games to start the year down there. So his numbers outside of the win and loss, have been pretty tragic. Like I said, uh, save percentage below 900. That's never good when you have that in the AHL. Just his numbers overall in, in his career and the pro level haven't been that great. So I do expect him to give up uh, quite a few goals here. So uh, loving the overs. Uh, first period over, maybe you can dabble and grab that in game. I don't want to lay that big of a price at $1.55 with everything else I already have. But definitely love both teams to score in the first period. Definitely love the full game over and then tie that five and a half with St. Louis and Moneyline. I like that. That's actually a good way to, because you're right. I lean St. Louis. I feel this is a, a absolutely a spot that's there for the taking for St. Louis here with Columbus struggling on D, Jet Greaves in net, and a, a good uh, the flu bug running through the uh, Blue Jackets team a little bit. 
I didn't love the price minus 140. That's a perfect way to get around it. I'm going to I'm going to jump on that Blues and over as well, five and a half, because I, I definitely think this this game sees six goals. I think it sees seven plus. And another thing, too, four and oh to the over the last four meetings with St. Louis and Columbus, all of them at least seven goals. So we've seen these two teams play high scoring games repeatedly uh, as of late head to head. So uh, that St. Louis and over five and a half, definitely a, a solid look and a good prop game. Uh, on the uh, St. Louis side, you know we're going back to the well with, won't you be my neighbor, Jake Neighbors? We've been, uh, he's been terrific for us. Uh, they're finally adjusting the price a little bit on Jake Neighbors props. Uh, you're seeing plus 255 now, uh, you know, below that key threshold of 300, but st- uh, for bargain bin purposes, but still a really good look uh, at that price with Jake Neighbors. He's feeling it for the uh, Blues. Robert Thomas, it goes without saying uh, that he's always capable of contributing at the uh, offensive end uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues as well. Uh, there's definitely some options here to uh, run with as far as the market goes uh, going into uh, this game. And on the Columbus side, like, take your pick. You know, Danforth on the top line. You go with the three Russians, you know, Shinnikov and um, Bronkov and Marchenko, who continue to be good. Don't sleep on Emil Bemstrom either. He comes back to the lineup and scores last night. And I know he's on the third line, but he's playing with Fantilli, who is an adept playmaker as much as he is a goal scorer. So I think Fantilli and and Bemstrom showed me a little chemistry last night playing on that third line for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. So, you know, this is one of those share the wealth games. You know, you you sprinkle around three or four or five different Columbus players uh, if you're going to look toward player props for them. Uh, here tonight uh, in this game, no question. All right, next up, final game of this Friday card. We've got Minnesota and Edmonton uh, back-to-back on the road for the Minnesota Wild after losing in Vancouver, their first loss since the coaching change, and also their third road game in four nights. So a tricky spot here for Minnesota. Edmonton minus 190, home favorites, six and a half the total here in this game. Uh, Definitely want to find a way to back Edmonton here. It's definitely a red-hot team again. Uh, they're going through their own coaching change surge right now with uh, Chris Knobloch uh, at the helm where they've been very solid for the uh, Edmonton Oilers, or he's been solid. They've been better with him uh, as of late. They're on a five-game a win streak, uh, which started against Washington, uh, beating Anaheim, Vegas, Winnipeg, Carolina uh, in these five straight victories. And don't look now, but Stuart Skinner for the Edmonton Oilers starting to get some confidence back. He's playing better. His numbers the last five starts have been absolutely phenomenal uh, for him. So he is feeling much better. 5-0, and a 1.58 goals against average for Stuart Skinner in his last five starts. So that's just spectacular numbers for him going into uh, this game. Tough spot for Minnesota. And this feels like that, all right, we had the win streak snap last night. Now the bubble burst theory. And now it's kind of back to, you know, maybe they don't lose five or six in a row. But this is a tough ask. When you just have that win streak snap, you know the the, the bloom is off the rose a little bit of this John Hines uh, emergence as their new head coach. And now you're going into a red-hot team uh, on a second night of back-to-backs, a tricky spot. Marc-Andre Fleury will be a net for the uh, Minnesota Wild tonight, obviously, on the back-to-back. He's had a rough go, there's no question. He had given up 3-8, and uh, he had given up 15 goals in a span of three starts prior to to his last start against his old team. And I think he had an ax to grind against Chicago a little bit. And he uh, held them to one goal uh, in his last start. It was a 4-1 win for uh, Minnesota. It was at the very beginning of this uh, uh, win streak that they put together 
uh, Minnesota since John Hines got hired. Uh, Fleury was in net for that Chicago game. They won by a score of four to one. But really, other than that, Fleury's kind of had a tough time. It's not going to get easier for him against this Edmonton team where McDavid's got a ridiculous, what, 17 points, 19 points in the last seven games. Just four goals, 15 assists, 19 points in the last seven games. I mean, McDavid over one and a half points. you got to rock with it right now. Uh, there's no question. And you know what's funny about the McDavid over one and a half points? Early in the season, he had to lay a buck 50 with it. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's down to like plus, I'm seeing plus 105 at DraftKings for Connor McDavid over one and a half points. So the Edmonton struggles early in the season have basically led to devaluing his player props a little bit because early in the season, you'd have to lay sometimes minus 140 or minus 160 on over one and a half points with Connor McDavid. But now it's down to plus 105. So uh, definitely good value there as far as that's concerned. Anything with Hyman, because he's just on fire. Hattrick the other night against Carolina definitely makes sense. So some good props on the Edmonton side. Obviously, I'm going to look toward Edmonton. The question is how. I don't ever like taking them at minus 190 in this range as favorites, uh, even at home. I'm not even fully comfortable with the regulation or the minus one. And what what have I often said about Edmonton? When they win a game, they often do it when they score four goals or more. So that's the route we're going to take here. We're going to go with Edmonton team total here, over three and a half, uh, minus 132 uh, at uh, Pinnacle with that. Uh, That's actually gone up a little bit, minus 138. Still a good price. Still a pretty good, still a better price than minus 190. uh, That's for sure. So Edmonton team total uh, over three and a half. You can get that at minus 138 at Pinnacle. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Wild Oilers. Yeah, so I'm taking a small shot with both teams to score in first period. Like I said, I'm not dealing with first period overs, not dealing with full game overs with this wild team right now based off of what we're seeing with the kind of adjustments. And I'm thinking that we can possibly get the wild to get out of this first period with a lead, and then we can hop on Edmonton in-game at a better price. So I'm slightly leaning toward maybe grabbing a Minnesota first period money line. I don't know if I'm going to play that pregame. I might just wait and even grab that in-game. If I hit that, then I'll be turning around looking to, to try to grab Edmonton uh, live on the money line. I think we have a chance of that. Minnesota has played Edmonton well uh, over the years. But like you said, this is a kind of different setup. And Edmonton kind of still having the, the boost of their coaching. Like I said, coaching change where I think we're going to start to see that bit of regression with Hines. So uh, definitely leaning toward Edmonton. But I think I'm going to find a way to try to hopefully be in the position where I can grab some plus money on them in-game, and they can come back and beat Minnesota. Also, there's one player that I do have circled in this game for a player prop to talk about a little bit. All right, sounds like we got a bargain bin special of the night coming from this Minnesota-Edmonton game uh, for uh, Alex B. Smith uh, in just a bit. Um, Another thing, too, that's scary about Edmonton, certainly it was scary for the opponent um, uh, against Carolina on Wednesday night. You know, we know McDavid has got, you know, piling up the points, not so much the goals, but the points. And we know Leon's been better. We know Nugent Hopkins has been better. Hyman's tearing it up right now. But don't start letting the third and the fourth line start contributing offensively. And we saw signs of that against Carolina. Yanmark is involved in the offense. Ryan McLeod, Warren Fogle, they all got on the scoreboard uh, against Carolina. I mean, good luck beating the Oilers when they have the third line clicking like that. So this could be a spot too. You know, don't be, don't shy away from those three: and Mark McLeod and Fogle uh, on the uh, third line for the uh, Edmonton Oilers right now as well. So 
definitely make sure you uh, keep an eye on that because it seems like when Edmonton's rolling truly at their absolute best and most dangerous, they're getting that third, fourth line production uh, in their lineup. All right, great stuff. That is the Friday card. Over 200 live viewers on this Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys. Hit the like button. Uh, make sure you do that. Of course, patreon.com slash ice guys, $10 a month, our daily betting card, uh, player props. Uh, all the content is posted there. The Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Christmas on the way. If you want to get your shipment of uh, Ice Guys merch by Christmas, now or never. Yeah, absolutely. This weekend is, is crucial. And, you know, we'll be talking about Boston Hemp Inc. as well. Uh, but everything, if you're ordering stuff for the holidays, this is a weekend to do it and make sure it gets there in time. Uh, so you can have it on the street for Christmas Day, Christmas Eve. So definitely don't want to miss out on that. Check out iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Also check out our Twitter page. We have the limited edition store link uh, pinned there on the top as well. So all the merch you want and need, grab it now and uh, make sure you got in time for the holiday. Yeah, no doubt. And, of course, Boston Hemp Inc., CBD products, all your needs there uh, on this Beantown Friday. Great partner sponsors on the Friday edition of the Ice Guys, Boston Hemp Inc., uh, and here's a little display of what they got. Boston Hemp Inc. Uh, make sure you check them out. Our proud sponsor of Friday edition, the Beantown Friday edition uh, of the Ice Guys. All right, it is time to go shopping. Bargain bin shopping. Mm -hmm. Bargain bin special of the night. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for the bargain bin tonight? Yeah, looking at that um, Minnesota-Edmonton game. And, you know, like I said, I've been trying to isolate and look for some of these defensemen who have, uh, you know, some solid streaks or, or runs going and, could actually get a chance to get on the score sheet tonight. And I'm looking at Evan Bouchard of the Edmonton Oilers. He's got actually uh, was looking at one, two, three, four, five, six assists and a goal uh, in his last five games. He's been getting on the point sheet. And I think this is definitely a uh, Edmonton team that, like I said, they've been getting a lot of guys involved in the offense. And this is a Marc-Andre Fleury that just hasn't been you know, at the top of his game. I think he's due to let in some – the way you beat Andre, Marc-Andre Fleury is getting some traffic in front of him, getting little shots off him from range. So a shot, a guy like uh, Bouchard at the point, definitely allowed to get a goal here. Plus 500, you can get that either fan duel or bet MGM for him to score a goal tonight. So we're going Evan Bouchard is my bargain on special. I like it. He's always a threat. He's always a threat because he's not afraid to shoot that puck, the Bouch bomb. Let's hope we see a couple of Bouch bombs uh, from the point tonight uh, from Evan Bouchard. Uh, plus 500 uh, for Alex with his uh, bargain bin special of the night. Uh, for me, a bargain bin special uh, of the night for this um, uh, card. Uh, we can't go with, I was tempted to go with our guy, Jake Neighbors, but not, can't do it anymore. He's finally been priced below that uh, bargain bin threshold, uh, which is, uh, we knew it was going to happen at some point. It's, I'm surprised it took this long, but finally it did. 
uh, we'll see uh, if, um, you know, we'll see if um, they've uh, continued to make adjustments. Uh, let me just see. It's it's down to a couple here for me, but I, I like what he's doing right now for the Jackets. Great night against the Islanders. I'm going to rock with him because I think he could go on a little bit of a heater now in the short term. Let's go with Adam Fantilli for the Columbus Blue Jackets. It was down to him or Bemstrom. I think both of them are unbelievable value because Pascal Vincent put them together with uh, t- last night on the third line, uh, Fantilli and Bemstrom, and the, and the chemistry was there, immediate chemistry. It's something John Massey talked about with New Jersey when they had McLeod and Holtz and Lazar together for a few lo- uh, games there, and they had instant chemistry. Uh, and you're seeing that with uh, the third line for the Jackets there, Fantilli, Bemstrom, and Kent Johnson. They had a great time in the offensive zone. He scores two goals, one assist, three points with that newly made line last night in the uh, game against the New York Islanders. Yeah, I definitely think it is a great uh, value look. Uh, there's a lot of good choices for the uh, Jackets. There's Shinnikov's a good choice. Voronkov can be a good choice um, uh, at the bargain bin prices. Bemstrom as well, who scored last night. But I'm going to go with Fantilli. Uh, you can only pick one. I'm going to go with Fantilli, plus 380 uh, at FanDuel for uh, Adam Fantilli for my uh, bargain bin special of the night. All right, best bets to wrap it up for this Friday edition of the show. Uh, Alex, what, what do you like for best bet? Up, oh, you're muted. You hear, you hear yep. me now? You're back. Okay. Yep. Okay, all right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Wild and Oilers, right back to that game in Edmonton. We're going with both teams to score in the first period. Not the best of prices, got plus 130. Seeing plus 148 in a couple of other shops. So shop around, obviously, and get the best of the number there. But I do think we'll see at least some energy from the Minnesota Wild early. Uh, they should have got a goal in the first period last night, but they didn't, thanks to uh, Casey Smith playing out of his mind. I think we see goals going back both ways early in this contest. Maybe the Wild get out of that period with a lead, and then we're looking for Edmonton moving forward. But we want to just get both of those teams to score in the first period, Wild and Oilers, uh, plus 130. That's my best bet for this Friday. All right, there it is. It's both teams to score, plus 130, first period, Minnesota-Edmonton uh, for Alex B. Smith with uh, best bet. Uh, my best bet, I, I've actually almost took, used Pittsburgh, plus 130 as best bet for the first period, but I don't fully trust them enough to do that. But I am going to go with the net clear best bet for me tonight, which is that total in the St. Louis game. Uh, St. Louis-Columbus, over 6.5, minus 120. Uh, very, very depleted blue line for the Jackets. Three of their best defensive-minded defensemen possibly out once again. They gave up seven last night. Uh, regardless of Spencer Martin on a back-to-back or Jet Greaves in net, hard to trust the goaltending right now for the Jackets. Uh, St. Louis should be able to score their share of goals in bunches. But I think Columbus will be able to score against St. Louis, which is going to have Joel Hofer, who has underwhelming numbers so far this season. He'll be in net for St. Louis. He hasn't had a great year to this point. So uh, we're looking for goals in Columbus, the Horseshoe City tonight, uh, the Blues and Blue Jackets, St. Louis, Columbus, over six and a half, minus 120 uh, for my best bet for this Friday NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. we got a huge Saturday card coming up tomorrow. And Zach Urban, former pro hockey player, will be back to join us again to help us break down and analyze the Saturday NHL card. Uh, so join us for that. A reminder. The Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. 
Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we will talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday to preview the massive Saturday NHL slate right here on the Ice Guys. (laughs) 